0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Husky
1: Fan Podcast. Uh, Jimmy, are you there? Uh, I'm here. All right, beautiful. We had some technical difficulties, uh, but I guess not anymore. Uh, So, yeah, I'm I'm calling this uh, like a spring preview pod. Let's talk about the offense first. Uh, I guess it's a little too early. You know, we're not even in March yet, so I apologize for that.
0: That's an early preview.
1: Yeah, but, uh, you know, Jimmy, I want to put you in a good mood. First, can you tell me why Heat is the greatest
2: movie? (laughs) Why it's the greatest? Well, it has epic action, all-star cast, able to weave multiple storylines throughout the entire movie and keep you entranced for almost three hours. So when you combine all of those factors... It makes it the greatest heist movie of all time. One of the and personally one of my favorite movies of all time. So that that's why it's you know so great.
1: I would say not just greatest heist movie, but just you know, one of the
2: greatest oh, movies.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's why it's period. Yeah.
2: It's it's general it's pretty much my number one. It's I like no- the cinematography. Oh, it's phenomenal michael Mann's best film he's ever made by far
0: um you you know
2: i'm i'm hopeful of the sequel you know it's do you make a sequel of such a great original film i think that's debatable but uh we'll see hopefully he pulls it off because it'll be a bummer if
0: he you know (laughs) drops the ball
1: yeah, I think I sent you messages a year ago or whenever. I know the, the book came out. Any word on when that movie might come out if he chooses to make a sequel?
2: No no idea. I honestly I haven't looked into it at all of late since, you know, learning about the book from you. So, you know, with that, I'll, I'll probably take a dive into it and see if there's been any uh, movement in that direction. Well, you know, it's really going to come down to the cast, obviously, and making it a, well, I guess it's technically it'd be a prequel if I, if it was based on the book, which I believe it's the main characters in their younger life, if I'm not
0: mistaken. Yeah, I haven't looked into the details that much. But uh, yeah, I mean,
1: I I know that movie makes makes both of us really happy. But uh, and you know what else makes us happy is the outlook for our dogs this coming season.
2: Certainly, no doubt about that. A lot of, a lot, of a lot of positives. You know, the, it's a big change from doom and gloom to now we're looking at the the bright side of life here with Husky football. Which you know, yeah, I've, and. I've been accused of, you know, not always being the most optimistic.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, I tweeted this.
1: It, it didn't really get much, uh, what's the, what I was going to say, airplay or... or get enge- Engagement, yeah. It didn't get much action. Uh, but I, I think the goal for this season, at least for me, is... When you look back at the history of Husky football, there's a to me there's a clear best or seven greatest teams since 1960. And, yeah. you know, you got the, like, 19 – you know, obviously you have the 91 team, the 60 team, the 84 team, you know, the 2000 team, uh, the 2016 team. I don't know how many is that, four or five. Uh, then you have the 59 and 60 team and the the 90 team as well. So, to me, those are the seven – those are obvious to me it's pretty obvious those are the seven greatest teams. The goal for this season is for this team like if you really want to have a great memorable season you gotta get on you gotta be in that category
0: oh, you gotta
1: yeah. be in that top seven
2: certainly yeah yeah absolutely yeah and they it's there for the taking um obviously you know th- there's so many factors right i mean injury' gonna be. You know, for those for those type of seasons, you know, to to come together, it's like you got to stay relatively healthy, right? I mean, you know, losing losing Mathis obviously hurt the defense. You know, even though they're so good, but I mean, his presence was just so epic for that team, monumental. You know, his role, and you know, that really hurt the defense, even though they were still really good. I mean, that was still a big loss. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, because when, when they
1: ha- – Mathis, I actually looked at this the other day. Like, if you look at his stats, he was really hitting his stride, like, right when he got hurt. Like, the two or three games before that, Yeah. because the first cu- first couple games, he didn't have any sacks or TFLs or didn't really do that much. And he was really hitting his stride, and, um, you know, and then after they lost him, the, you know, the Utah game was closer than it should have been. You know, the, you lost to USC – but if you obviously, I mean, it. You know, we can all say if this and that. But if Mathis doesn't get hurt and you know somebody else gets hurt at a different position, yeah. I mean, I think if Mathis doesn't get hurt, you go 13 and 0 that season. Because if you, I remember watching the clips of the USC game. I mean, saw mooching. I mean, he missed so many sacks mm-hmm. on, on Darn on Darnold, and Darnold made so many plays that were nobody was open and he had to run around he eluded a couple guys and he made some circus throw right and so i i mean not to not to go off on a huge tangent but no you're right about injuries and if you look at like i remember tracking these the 2017 team had a shitload of injuries and i was i'll have to go back and look at last year's team because i think one way to track injuries is you look at the like how many games the starters or guys who were near starters like how many games do those guys miss That's really for me, that's one way to track the injuries and like looking at the 2017 season, it it was it was I mean, it was way up there compared to 2016. So, yes, I mean, 2016 were pretty healthy, but the math, the math injury was obviously, you know, just devastating in its own respect. But I don't want to belabor the point.
2: Well, if you look at last year, if I recall, Arizona State, we were missing a bunch of guys. And, of course, their backup quarterback just has the game of his life. Uh, You know, couldn't miss, it seemed like, on every throw. Um, So, I mean, if you point to that game, I mean, uh, apparently we, we were super banged up for that game. And, you know, we're still getting our footing as a team together. And you know we haven't had success down there either. You know all of those factors obviously culminated to a loss. Grassfield, Grassfield, yep, yep, exactly. Um, so you know when you we look at all the pieces of the puzzle, you get grub back, of course, after the flirting with Alabama. Um, you know it's just those those variables that are you know, out of your control that give you the most uh anxiety
0: so to speak yeah so
1: should we going so going over the offense obviously the offense was great last year um do you want to go do you want to go focus on players first or some of the big picture statistics that i've looked at and discuss you know how 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 those might change
0: you're the host man wherever you
1: want to start we can go there buddy okay let's let's talk about the big picture and then we can talk players so some big picture statistics i think um so some things that i have here i've looked at you know red zone third down um, sacks and then ex- you know 10 and 20 yard running plays and i guess we can talk about like let's talk about ten, you know t- the number of 10 and 20 yard running plays first because Dylan Johnson is going to be a major impact transfer. Yes. and um, if you look at like PFF actually had him as um, I think their fourth best transfer running back.
0: I think, and
1: you you you'd have dog pound, uh, Max Vroom. um, He he had a great system for ranking all these transfer guys, and he had he had uh, Dylan Johnson rated pretty high. So. He's definitely a big pickup. I mean, any, any thoughts on, have you watched his film
2: or any thoughts on that? I did actually watch some of his film chest and, uh, you know, he hits the hole hard, runs hard. Uh, he, I, he did get caught from behind a number of times, but well, he's got good burst and good vision and he can make, you know, he can make strong cuts. Um, so I like his running style uh i think it'll fit very well with the offense and you know with the you know he's going to have a better passing game than he had at at mississippi state in regards to you know having you know rome and mcmillan going over the top right that's i think those things are going to give him you know even better running lanes than he experienced at mississippi state so i i like his run game I, i like his uh energy on the field i think i think he's gonna be a great compliment to the offense i know i believe though uh rip to leach but i do believe he called him soft publicly if i'm not mistaken uh so hopefully you know hopefully there isn't an issue around his his attitude um but you know
0: we'll see about that Yeah. did you happen to see his
1: um, the or Mike Farrell's article about him yesterday? I, I actually
2: missed it. Was it was it good? Yeah, I
1: think it was illuminating. I mean, just his own expectations. He was talking about how he thinks he's in a better offense, and how he was talking about the the you know some of the players that the offense has, and how mm-hmm. the coaches were telling him, you know, you're a guy who can help get us to the playoff. You know, you could be a you could be a missing piece on the offense, and he also talked about the NFL a couple times. I mean, it, I I think his comments were – they were illuminating, and it was nothing that was really extreme. Like, it just seemed like mm-hmm. – you know, he talked about how he grew up in – you know, he's only been in small towns, and he needed a a new place to go. And so he's definitely looking at this as a, you know, a real – like, this is my chance to make the NFL. Well, good. I mean, then that
2: – you know, that's even – Probably, you know, greater motivation for him in that respect, right? Um, so but adversity for him is obviously going to be important. You know, you get punched in the mouth a little bit. How do you respond? Um, you know, maybe, maybe competition-wise, someone edges him. Does that, does that make him work harder, or does he recoil a little bit? Um, if another guy has a really strong off-season. Um, but I, you know, I, I think there's an element. For Grub and the board, I, I think they want a Bell Cow back. But you know, like if you had like a Sankey, right? Or we had a Gaskin, like those those type of guys aren't coming off the field. If he comes in and, and displays that type of you know talent, I mean that that yeah, I mean that could that could just that's the cherry on top on a already very good offense. You you combine that with a really good running back. I mean, that is, you know,
0: that doesn't come along often.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't think he can be as good as those guys, but when you look at, yeah. Okay. Look at, look at, look at Talapapa at the beginning of last year Yeah, looking at him and it was like, this guy sucks. I mean, no, no offense to him. Yeah. He was getting stuffed. Yeah, He wasn't breaking any tack. I mean, Softy even tweeted, you know, he had the terrible play against Arizona State where he fell down, and then we had the fourth down where we blew it. Um, and then at the end, of he's running all over Wazoo, who had a good defense. He did really well against Texas. He almost could have been the MVP of the bowl game. I mean, it, granted, yeah. Texas is missing Great. a couple of guys, but who the heck would have seen that coming from him? And so I think about if you see what, DeBoer in this offense was able to do for Talapapa, And then we throw in a guy here
2: who's, he's just a a better back. It looks like all around. Yeah. And Texas wasn't a slouch overall talent wise too. I mean, yeah. Granted there are some really good players, but I mean, they're still good.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely not. So I I think looking at those things, I'm really optimistic that uh, Johnson could be a, a potential breakout guy.
2: Yeah, so big picture or we're, we're saying Johnson's uh gonna make things really fun, it looks like.
1: Yeah, and, and so I mean I yeah, and so where I guess we're talking about him in the context of the big picture issue. And so statistically, this is a problem that we've had in recent years, is we if we're looking at the number of ten and twenty yard runs that the, the offense produces. Um I mean it's been really low. I don't want to read all these out, but to give you let me read out the number of 10 yard runs. And and when I look at these stats, I just do conference play only because they can get really skewed from the non-conference get. So I'm looking at conference play only and I deducted for you know 2016 and 2018 we had the 10th conference game, so those are higher. I I you know deducted them. But looking at Okay, so 2016 we had 67 10-yard rushes. Next year we had 62, then 2018 down to 43, 2019 30, 2021 only 18. So this past year we had we had 37, which is still and we this past year we only we only had 9 20-yard runs. And if you look at 2016 to 2017 we had 20 20-yard runs. So, I mean, you have to think that you know calling these explosive rushes only, you know, only 37 10-yard la- rushes. I mean, basically it's not unreasonable to think that every you know each game we could we should at least have one an, an average of one additional 10-yard rush per game and even if we're, you know, a little bit more than Half or .6 or what or more for you know an additional 20 yard run per game. So the, what I'm saying is this is an area where I think the offense can really improve because I mean the the running these running stats last year were still shitty. I mean they were the they were the
2: third worst in the last you know seven or eight seasons. That's incredible. And I will point out you're not getting this analysis anywhere else out there, buddy. You're not get this from Softy. I'll tell you that. So nice work on those stats. That's good.
1: Uh, I I got, I've got way more coming. I mean, this, this is how, you know, this is how we, we can, you know, think about the offense and and how it can be better and where it can change over the coming years. So I, I think to me, that's, I think this is like, this is again, I'll say it again. This is an area that's ripe for improvement and, you know, maybe Cam Davis will be the number two back. And I, you know, I he was he was a great short yardage back. I mean, against Oregon State, he did really well on that game winning drive. So I, there's a lot of guys on the team who still have talent that I think. You know, they they, they only had one year
2: of a real coaching staff basically. Did, that was that have, was. Did Davis have multiple? Did he have a couple games of three TDs and plus? At least three TDs. I feel like he had like two games where. He, Maybe I'd have to look that. I, I, you could be right. I think he's had. I think he had two games of three touchdowns. You know, he he he's, he found he has a knack for finding the end zone. And I, for whatever people want to say, I mean, Dick Newton, but he had opportunities. He played well when he got yeah, on I, the field. He he did really
0: well
1: And the end. Like and Dennis was actually saying that he'd like to see Newton at at what he could do at wide receiver because remember he had that long touchdown against BYU and then he had that long touchdown against Cal so I don't know maybe his I'm not I'm not saying we need him at wide receiver but like that he's proven to actually be a good wide receiver.
0: Who, Who wants to see him at wide receiver? Oh, Dennis DeYoung, the guy who died. <laughs>
2: uh yeah, I think he's gonna have a really hard time finding the field.
0: <laughs> but 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 that's
1: the, the but that's yeah. the other the other the other point I wanted to make about um Dylan Johnson is he's he really excels catching
2: out of the backfield. Yeah. 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 I mean that's we talked about that, di dynamic uh talent to the field. I mean that's just Again, you're just making things really hard on every defense, you know, with, with, with another, you know, another part of the running back game you got to worry about and that's, you know, catching the
0: ball in the backfield just gives you a lot of options.
1: Yeah. Okay. Here's one statistic where I think we could regress a little bit and that's third downs looking at, um, Wow, some of these stats. Uh, So our our third down percentage conversions last year in conference play was 57%. In 2016, it was 46%. In in 2019, it was 29%. I didn't even look up 2021, but I'm sure it was pretty shitty. But okay, 57% last year. I mean, that's probably... Not sustainable. I, looking at the stats of other, I mean, twenty, okay, twenty sixteen was forty six percent. I think twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen were in the mid forties as well. So, looking at if you look at the last last year, you know, roughly we had thirteen or fourteen third downs per game. If if that if that regresses from 57% down to 50%, which I think is reasonable to expect, that's basically one less third down conversion per game. So to me, I think that's one area where we're probably
2: going to get a little bit worse. Well, let's hope not. How about we stay steady? <laughs> but yeah. Well,
1: you know. I, 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 But the, there were some games where we were just converting third
2: after third down.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it's still possible to match that. I mean, fifty-seven percent's really high. Yeah, it is very high.
1: I mean, we can't expect everything to get better. I mean, maybe maybe it will, or
2: otherwise, we'll look like a, a bunch of big dukes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's you know, it's easy to fall into the trap after what we've been through. And then what we saw last yeah.
1: year, I yeah, I do want to talk about. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that, we'll get into the tight ends a little bit of the offensive line, but okay, next statistic because I think the tight ends will factor in. We did have a couple tweets about this red zone now, red zone conversions. The way I look at it is you know, you have these statistics that say, you know, what's the percentage. Percentage you scored percentage you scored touchdowns that th- th- those are the and nobody those are bad statistics in my opinion the statistic that really matters is and you no nobody calculates this anywhere except for me is what is your at- what are your average points per when you're in the red zone mm. you know you basically you know you can use seven for a touchdown or you, you know three for a field goal and so you know what, what, that really shows how well you're converting. So last year we were at about 5.2 points per red zone trip, um, and, and even the even our percent our touchdown percentage was seventh in the league. And so that 5.2, yeah, you know, I, I looked at all the other teams. That 5.2 was sixth uh, in the league. Now, granted, we were in the red zone way more than some other teams. So, you know, it doesn't just because we're behind in some other teams, it doesn't mean their offense was better. But just on this one statistic, um, you know, it, it looks like there could be some improvement. And here are some uh, so we were 5.2 points per trip last year. In 2016, we were 5.96, just Ooh. to give you an example. And in 2016, we converted 97% of the time we were in the red zone. Now 26 2018, ours was only 4.6. So, we're still um I mean our, our red zone last year was still, I mean it was pretty good, it was solid, but I but if we really want to be an elite offense, I mean that that's that's a place where we could probably we could probably improve a little bit because if you look at 2016, you know, we we at, we scored I think forty forty one points per game in conference play. So we were. It, it's not like that that figure was really high because we didn't have that many trips. Like we still had tons of trips into the red zone. So, uh, I mean that I I think that's an area for improvement. I mean I don't know. I mean, what are your observations
2: about our play in the red zone? Well, I mean, I think we had we had some puzzling. We had a lot of questions and some like. At least inside the five, it seems like like the eight yards and in, we we seem to have struggled a bit. Um, but I think if I recall, and I'm again, uh, my memory is not always the greatest, but I think it got a little bit better uh, late into the year. But I think, you know, there was some bitching among Twitter fans on some of Grubbs' play calling, uh, you know, within like the seven yard line, seven eight yard line. Um, so I, yeah, I think definitely that's an area of improvement. Uh, for this team, especially when we're getting those, you know, inside the five, inside the seven, inside the five, where, you know, we had a little bit of trouble uh, in that regard. Um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely an area that can get better.
0: And I'm sure they feel the same way.
1: Yeah, I wonder how, just talking about the tight ends, you know, we we do have a solid one-two in uh, Westy. And Devin Culp, I mean, they were sneaky solid last year. I would say, you know, deceptively oh, good yeah. players. But um, have you did? You, were you able to watch any film on the guy we brought in, the transfer Quavis?
2: Quavis, no, no. Josh,
1: Josh Quavis from yeah, Cal J- Poly. Did you know that? Did you know that Michigan and Utah
2: also offered him? I did not. I did not. Actually, maybe I did. Either way, solid offers.
0: This, yeah, you know, very yeah. good. Very good. Yeah. I'm trying to I'm
1: trying to find the tweet that had PFF player well, rankings. What's his uh, uh, but go what's ahead?
0: His test? What's his, what, does he pass the eye test? Um Yeah, I think can, I he, think, run um, can he run his sluggo route? Definitely.
1: Okay, so he's six five two forty five. And I was able to watch some film on this guy and he can, he can do everything that you need a tight end to do. So as a receiver, I think, I, I don't want to say that I, cause it's just guessing, but I think this is a guy who's going to become, I don't know, like maybe he could, maybe he could be the number one tight end by the end of the season. And I mean, I'm saying that like, uh, cause we really like Westy and Culp. Like, like I said, they're sneaky solid. But I think Cuevas has potential to be better than both those guys because Dude, that's he,
0: he can last
2: year. Man, a lot of people overlooked Westy. Guy just made plays – pretty much made plays every time he touched the ball, or like significant plays, important plays, conversions. Yeah. So
1: before the bowl game, Westover was rated by PFF as the uh, fourth best tight end in the Pac-12. Culp was ninth. Wow. Wow. Well, so I. Th- I th- so I, I. Yeah. I think the addition of Cuevas, I mean, that's just. And who? Who was the guy? I think he's the local guy. He's he's pretty big, and he caught a pass in the bowl game.
0: Uh. Redmond? No, not Red. He transferred. Oh right.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Oh yeah, this uh, is this is the extent of our Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh
2: Moore. Is that
1: his name? Moore? Something yeah. more.
2: Was he a local guy? Quentin Moore? Yeah, Quentin Moore. Yeah. Was he low I didn't realize he was local? I mean, just forgetting. Yeah, Moore did. I mean, a lot of people liked Moore too. I mean, he was getting some buzz. Kind of didn't ne- never really materialize, but he's you know got a good frame for a tight end too. Yeah, I
1: mean he definitely catching that pass. He looked really interesting, and you still and you still
2: have Baby Otten too. Yeah, I mean, what's uh, uh eligibility eligibility look like? I think he
1: has. I want to say three. I think he has three years left. Let me. Okay, I'm looking right here. Um. Oh. Yes. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. He's got three full years left. 2021. He redshirted, so he he played last year. So he does have three years left. And I, I don't just Utah had that tight end. And what's his name? Um, it was not Ke, not Keithy. The other guy. I don't know that guy was a transfer from like the University of San Diego and it took him like a year or two and then he you know became this in Alabama tried to get him before last year so i'm not saying i'm not saying Quavis will be be the exact same guy but there's an analog for there's a potential analog for Quavis and, and Utah Utah wanted Quavis so you know the last guy they took from a small school turned out really really damn good so Uh, just putting it all together, Jimmy, I mean, tight end, we have an embarrassment of riches.
2: Yeah. Well, I'll take it. (laughs) You know, it's not, it's not always often when you get, uh, you know, you have a stacked position and we got it at wide receiver and it appears to be tight end.
0: Yeah. And so, um, you know, in the,
1: I guess, you know, we don't have an ASJ type guy in the red zone. So I, I don't know you know passing inside the 8 yard line do do our guys need to be a little bit tougher do they need to win more 50-50 balls i mean i don't i don't know what it is exactly um but i don't know maybe quavis could be one guy who i mean i haven't seen enough film to know if he could be that guy who can make tough catches in in phone booths but <laughs> we we probably need a little bit of that it um, to, oh, to sure. improve our red zone percentage.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. It's not going to can't hurt you. All
1: right, so okay, moving on. Another statistic. Um, okay, let's talk about the offensive line sacks. Okay, so here's the number of sacks that we have given up every year in league play, uh, dating back to 2016 i skipped 2020 so 2016 we gave up 16 sacks 2017 14 2018 16 2019 18 2021 only 15 sacks it's kind of interesting and then last year only five wow five you look yeah you look at all these other, you look at all these other seasons they're basically you know 14 to 18 15, 15 six around that And then last year was five. So, basically, I mean, that amounts to we're giving up one less sack per game than, you know, we averaged in the preceding years last year.
2: So, I mean, mean, are you— Do you improve on that number? Seems unlikely. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, So, the offensive line, we lost Kirkland, Bain— and then the center, what was his name? I forget his
0: name. Um, Who's uh, the JC guy? Anna. Luciano, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Whatever so, happened to Morale?
1: You know, it's really interesting. I, I mean, people have been expecting him to transfer, but he hasn't transferred yet. I mean, I know he had an injury and that kind of hampered him. Um, I think he finally played a little bit last year. They're definitely going to need him as a backup probably this year. Yeah. Um, You know, he he looks miserable in every photo that you see him in. (laughs) Uh, But but I don't know. Like, yeah, I would would just like to see that guy. I mean, I feel bad because he was, you know, really excited to come here under Peterson. And,
2: you know, obviously it's been difficult, but, you know, his career process. I believe there's every opportunity. So, so, you know, if he hasn't left, that's a, I think that's positive.
1: Yeah, no, me too. I mean, he, he, I mean, I guess he could still leave after spring, but at this point he hasn't, I mean, I I don't know unless he's, you know, finishing up a degree or something or so I, I don't know, but I, you know, I obviously would like to see him continue to stay and, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe this this coach. This maybe this staff can turn him around. I mean look what they did with the offensive line last year. Yeah, no, it's miraculous.
0: Yeah, so you got Rosengarten. Um so yeah, Rosengarten,
1: Mateo, Me- Mele Melee will probably be the center. Um, Troy Fautanu. Yeah. I have trouble saying that. So those are your tackles. Fautanu, Rosengarten. I mean, really solid. Those are, you know, th- those are all conference tackles, basically. Yes. You know, Colepo is probably going to step in at guard. I don't know who the other guard's going to be because you know you lost Kirkland and Bain melee will probably be the the center uh but I so you have a little you know you did lose some talent on the offensive line, but well, you got your book you know,
2: came, which is important,
0: yeah, so I think the question will be at guard you know at guard probably you know the middle, yeah,
2: but I feel like you know that you know that's fine that's okay It's not, not like you're you're breaking in a, a you know, a, a, a green tackle. That's a that's a nice feeling, especially for, for Penix.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you have um, there. I mean, there, that's one position where you recruited a good amount of
2: talent. But what about what about Hatchet? What about Jerry and Hatchet? Maybe maybe this is his time to come in at guard. Yeah, yeah, he could be.
1: Yeah, six four three o three. Just looking at his bio, uh, let's see how much he pl- played in all 13 games last year. That's great. Um, so yeah, he's he's a guy who's probably. I mean, if he's not starting, he might be the sixth guy. So uh, yeah, I, I I I but I think these I think these coaches really know what they're doing on offense. And again, yeah. g- given how given what they did with the line last year,
2: they I mean they know what they're doing. Yeah yeah I, I think they've earned that reputation i mean there's you're, you're
1: maybe i mean you're probably gonna give up a few more sacks this year i mean it's not like they're gonna go from giving five sacks up last year to then three this year I mean, that seems <laughs>
2: extremely
0: sacks. unlikely
2: you're you go to ten sacks it, it's fine
0: yeah <laughs> unless one of those um, sacks takes panics out of the game then.
2: And- that's not good.
1: Well, that that's a good segue because let's talk about Dylan Morris a little bit because you know I like I, I generally like Dan Rayleigh. I know that a lot of people you know don't like his articles and they shit on him. Yeah. But that did you see that article about Dylan Morris and like all oh, the fan bases turn on? I mean that was just fucking stupid.
2: Yeah, that was that was a bad take, bad look. Yeah. There was yeah. there was no need to even write that article. Yeah, point. I mean, it's just lazy, boring. Got nothing right about. Let's so let's write sort of a hit piece.
0: If you look at what Deboer did with Marcus McMarion, yeah, and
1: then Hayner, and then Penix, Dylan Morris
2: can be a Capable backup for this, team. yeah. Why, yeah, why couldn't he be? Why couldn't he be a capable backup? Why couldn't he be a good quarterback? He, we liked him when we first saw him, and then he regressed under the his coaching staff. And they, the,
1: <laughs> the history is it also the history of college football, too. I, mean, <laughs> it's up there. I, I
2: thought that's what I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> well, I mean, let's, I mean, the history of the program that's pretty devastating, but yeah, I think you could take it up a notch and. Potentially you could say John Donovan, you know, he's probably one of the top three worst offensive coordinator hires in the history of the game. I don't know who I just, I, I love.
0: I'm sorry. There's a bit of a lag with
1: my uh, Skype. Another reason why I'm going to have to switch to zoom, but uh, no, I just remember what Josh Pate said Um What's I mean, you follow him on Twitter. I mean, he's a great college football analyst. He's like, when I looked at Washington, I I think he might have said this after the Michigan State game. He said, when I looked at Washington in the summer, I saw that this team has a surprising amount of talent that was horribly misutilized by Jimmy Lake. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) thank you for saying that. Like, you fucking nailed it in one sentence.
2: Yeah, I mean, what does John Don think about his tenure at Washington and then you know looking at one year the neck you know the the peer dominance. You know, he might make Zo didn't have a penix, you know, blah blah blah. But uh you know it, it's undeniable, right? That you know how bad he was. And we knew his offensive scheme was pathetic. He couldn't even get Rome and McMillan open. You know he didn't even have a route to get these guys you know, in space or, you know, in positions to catch and run the ball. I mean, it's just, yeah. I mean, we could go on for days about it.
0: All right. So another stat. um, Okay, turnovers. So, uh, look, these
1: are the amount of offensive turnovers. And, again, this is only conference games dating back to 2016. 9, 7, 7, 12, 12. 16 last year and then only eight so i know someone asked a question about you know oh, we threw tons of passes but we only had um you know we had so few turnovers i mean that that's true but i don't know i mean if we have a stronger run game then why should we expect the number of interceptions
0: to you know move higher yeah, I mean Penix is, you know, very
2: very you know thoughtful with the ball. Um I, I wouldn't anticipate, I don't anticipate a big uptick in, in interceptions. And that that's actually something he could improve upon, because the he did have
1: at least two in the red zone. Yeah. One against one against wazoo and one against Oregon. And I mean, was there I mean the one again the one against the one against Oregon State too was you know that cost us points. Right. So he he has he has thrown some costly interceptions. So I mean that yeah that's an area that's an area where he can improve. I mean he, maybe if he throws the same number of picks but they're less costly, I mean that's improvement
2: for sure. Yeah, and I'm sure that's something that he's you know keenly aware of coming into the season. I'm sure that's an area that you know he, it's a
0: goal for him to improve upon. Yeah, so I mean, before we get into questions, that's that's how I see it with
1: the offense. There could be you no, know, there's a risk. You're probably going to give up a few more sacks. Risk that you know third down might drop a tiny bit just because 57% is extremely high. But I I think I think you should be able to improve in the red zone and especially the run game. Like that, looking at these stats, Jimmy that, you know, looking at those, the number of 10 and 20-yard runs in conference play, I mean, I'll say it again. You only had 37 10-yard runs last year. I yeah. mean, you had, you know, you had 62 in 2017, 67
0: in 2016.
2: So... Yeah, a lot of room of improvement there.
0: Yeah. So I th- I think that's... uh,
1: That's obviously where the offense can improve. Um, Yeah. One question. What is your prediction of the immediate impact of transfer running back Dylan Johnson? I think he's going to start and have a big impact.
2: I I concur. I I think that's, what's going to happen. I think he will be starter. I think he's going to get a lot of carries. Uh, Do you see grub running the
1: ball more? I would love to see our 300 pounders pancake, smaller defenders.
2: Uh, I, I, you know, I, if you look at their history, they're going to sling it. I think he's going to – you know, if you have a back, you're going to want to be balanced, and I think they made that point. But, you know, with the quarterback and, and the receiving options, it's going to be really hard for this team not to throw the ball a lot. You're just going to put so much pressure on the defense.
0: Yeah. It's really exciting. I mean, you look
1: at a lot of these lists are coming out, these preseason lists. They have Rome and Jalen really high. I mean, Rome is a preseason All-American by some publications. And uh, Polk, I mean, Polk had some huge catches. Yeah, big games. I mean, just against Michigan State, against Oregon, so you have that third guy, and then you're bringing in Jeremy Bernard on top of it. Well, and Taj Davis had some nice games. Yeah, and, and like you know, and like I said, you have you're three deep at tight end, and this guy Quavis is, I, I, you know, he's a bit of a wild card who could be, like I said, I you know, I I have a lot of, uh, I
2: don't know what the word is, I'm not a lot of anything. Look, look, um, look. Panics has a lot of mouth to feed next year is, you know, the bottom line. Yeah. It, it's going to be very difficult, but I mean,
1: I, there's so much talent where at the skill spots now, where I think you can withstand injuries.
2: Yeah. I don't want them, but it looks like we have, yeah, we can, we can fill
0: spots for sure. Right. Um, can
1: we get better running between the tackles, especially in short yard and red zone? With such heavy emphasis on pass, also, is it realistic to expect so few turnovers and sacks allowed first last year? And okay. if not, where do we make? Yeah, go ahead.
2: Oh, so we kind of we kind of covered those
1: parts. Yeah, we did cover that. I mean, the run game is, re- yeah. I mean, we covered that. The run game should really improve. That's going to help, and maybe just, just because also the second year in the offense, you should be, you know, more precision. And, you know, that that could help in the red zone. I mean, running between the tackles, the one thing is I'd love to see a statistic for that and be able to look at, you know, how we fared over time. How are the top five teams faring? Because, you know, maybe the top five teams or most of them are also struggling in short yardage. You know, maybe it's I, – I don't know. I'm just putting it out there, like the percentages.
2: Well, you you're going to be breaking in some newer guys between, you know, between tackles. So, you know, maybe early on it, you know, they we could see him working out some wrinkles and, and you know, just see it improve as the season goes on. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be a focus for, for, for Grub to, to get better in those areas in the red zone. I, I'm They're not lost on that. You know, they're not overlooking that. I don't think at all.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, why, why did we suck so bad in the red zone last year? And what do we have to do to do better? So similar, but the thing I would say, you know, early in the season, we were using Talapapa as the short yardage red zone back. And I mean, he was always getting stuffed. And so they started to go to camp Davis after that. Who's, who's much better in that role. Yeah. So I think that was, I think that was part of it. Um, what do we have to do to be better? I just think, you know, if the offense is more precise, if the offense is more precise, this is another thing I want to see out of our skill guys is I want to see them breaking more tackles and getting more explosive plays that way. I mean, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, but you didn't see, like you didn't see a receiver, you know, break a tackle at like the 15 or the 10 yard line and score.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: that's fair. I know I'm. I know I'm just picking nits here, but th- that's also that's also one way you can improve is when you're getting in that area, you score before you get tackled at the you know five or four yard line. Like that's that's one way you
2: could improve. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely.
1: Uh, should we ever punt with five or less yards to go when we are past our own forty-five yard line? Yeah, I would say it depends on the game, the the score. And
2: they're situational.
1: Yeah, situational. But yeah, I think most of the time they'll probably go for it, especially if they have a play they like because they know they can probably
2: execute it. Yeah, well, DeBoer is, uh, you know, he's not shy about taking some risky calls, making some risky calls.
1: Yeah, and, you know, the Arizona State one, I mean, okay. In retrospect, that was a bad one, but we ended up tying the game in the fourth quarter anyway, even after we were down by 14 because of that failed fourth down. Yeah, yeah. So it's like when, you know, and we lost that game. So we lost that game because we were just, you know, that tons of injuries and we were just not good. You know, it wasn't because, oh, you know, we should have, you know, we should not have went for it there. Like even if we got it you know, we probably still end up losing the game because that's, you know, we we came back and we couldn't get over the hump. Yeah. Uh, predict the number of average points scored next season. Uh, so let me, okay, let me ask you this. I'll give you, because um, I'm going to go to scoring offense. Okay, I'll give you the conference Okay, so 2016 in conference play, we averaged 43 points per game. 2017, about 34. Um, Last year, 39. Now, in 2016, remember, the Cal and Oregon defenses were just atrocious to use your word and then we also had some defensive touchdowns so it might be a little inflated but nevertheless jimmy so last year 39 points per game in conference play i mean what 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 would be your guess at what we could do or expectation well the schedule's going to be a little tougher
0: um
1: yeah this is conf- the conference schedule but you're right it is a
2: little tougher yeah, it's gonna. Work. We got to play Utah. We got to go to USC. Um,
1: Remember, USC's defense is horrible. True, that's a fair point.
2: Yeah, uh, are they gonna stay bad though? Or are they gonna get a little better? I mean, they were they're really bad. I mean, if they made a decent leap, they're probably still not gonna be very good. I,
1: I, yeah, I think they're gonna. I, I think even if they improve, I think their D will still be bad.
0: Okay, I'll, if they're going to go for 43 points a game. Beautiful. Well, I mean what was 16? It was like in the 40s, wasn't it? Were you listening? I think I read it out. 43.
2: Oh, 43 for 16? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going I I just pulled 43 out for this year. I, yeah, I think it's doable.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. One other stat
1: I want to talk about, but let's finish these questions. Um, yeah, let's,
0: let's, we gotta, we gotta, uh,
1: okay. Yeah. Besides Penix, which player is most valuable to the success
0: on the offense? Honestly, for me, man, it's Jalen McMillan. Yeah. I mean, you're probably right. It's, He's kind of more. I mean, I
1: don't want to debate who's better, but
2: Dude, he, he is kind of
1: he is un, he's clutch.
2: underrated. He's he's just so clutch, man. He he just doesn't drop. I mean, he's so good, he's so good. Yeah, uh,
1: he, he makes he makes to just you're right. He's third down guy. He makes tough catches.
2: I I just think I think McMillan is underrated, and he's probably being overlooked slightly. I mean, he's just really good. He's really good. Yeah, no, he 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 is overlooked
1: and underrated for sure. I, I want to see Rome be like a mini Reggie Williams. Yeah,
2: it'd be amazing. I want to see that guy, like, fucking roided up this fall. <laughs> it would be. I mean, it'd be amazing if he just, like, yeah, it was just... Reggie Williams unstoppable. I mean, you have that. Even just
1: like even just like a poor man's Reggie Williams.
2: I mean he's yeah. I mean he's getting there. I mean he's got all the tools, he's got the physicality, he's got he's got everything there to do it. I mean, if if that's the case, I mean it it is you know, sky's the limit for this offense.
1: Okay, which newcomer on offense makes the biggest contribution? I think we both think it's Dylan Johnson.
2: Yeah, and then I'm let, let's go through boy Cuevas after that. Yeah, I yeah,
1: yeah, no, I agree. Okay, wh- one more. St- I was looking at okay, the number of explosive plays in conference play, I talked about it. So,
0: okay, what am I looking at here with my notes? Um. Okay, yeah, this is what I'm looking at. I'm looking at the number of 20-yard plays
1: on offense. So the number of total 20-yard plays on offense. I was talking about the you know rushing plays before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So if you look at the number of plus 20-yard plays on offense, in 2016 it was 52, and then last year it was also 52. Wow. So – Total 20-yard explosive plays. However, here are some, you know, I was curious. So I looked at other offenses. And granted, this is only one stat. You know, the 2019 LSU, they played in a much tougher conference, considered the greatest offense ever. They had 66. Now, the Oregon team with Mariota had 65. The Oregon team with the next year with, uh, what's his name, Adams, they, yeah. they actually had 70. They wow. had 70. But and it could, you know, they could have these, te- you know, the, the opposition, you know, the schedule strength and all that, you know, whatever. But my point is, OK, so 2016, we had 52 plus 20 yard plays. We had the same number last year. I would hope that we could um, maybe get into the 60s. We We will. Yeah.
2: We, we will eclipse 60. Is that what you're saying? No, we we will eclipse 52. We'll 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 improve that number.
1: I agree with you. So yeah, I mean, in other words, the offense can be even more explosive.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I'll, absolutely. Yeah.
1: All right, brother. Uh, I know this went a little bit longer than we planned. Let me just double check here. I didn't miss a question. Uh, nope.
2: <laughs> well, they don't at all. the answer.
0: <laughs> well,
2: all. Any, any final words, brother? Oh, no, you know, well, I know we're going to get to the defense soon and, uh, you know, maybe we'll add some additional culture commentary at that time. But right now, man, it's, it's time to cash it in. That was a good, good run.
0: Oh, you mean cashing it in with this pod or Husky yeah. football
1: cashing it in? No, no
0: cashing it in with the pod.
1: All right. Solid work. Uh, Cliff notes. The offense is going to be better next year. Yeah. Probably because of the, a much better run game. We saw inklings of that at the very tail end of the year. Uh, that's you're all. Calling, Jimmy. Great. You're
2: calling that the too long. Didn't listen. Recap. Yeah.
1: The Cliff notes. (laughs) I I was so lazy in school at one point. I was even too lazy to read the cliff notes. (laughs) Well, I I needed cliff notes for the cliff notes. Yeah, (laughs) we all did. (laughs) All right, buddy. (laughs) Cheers. All right. Great work. And uh, we'll talk to you again in a week or so. We'll talk about the defense. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks, Jimmy. Go dogs. Go dogs.